Hello, Bonsai friends. This is Evan Pardue of Underhill Bonsai, and welcome to episode 40. What's up? We're at 40. Wow. 10 away from our uh, landmark, our uh, milestone episode, more like 50. Oh We're getting God. close. I know, right? Isn't that crazy? That's uh, really crazy. Of Little Things for Bonsai People, the podcast. Hello, Bonsai friends. This is your friendly neighborhood producer, Matt O'Donnell. If you'd like to know something truly crazy, it's that this is not, in fact, episode 40 of Little Things for Bonsai People. It is episode 39. Check this space again next week when Evan gets to be very excited a whole second time about being 10 episodes away from the big five zero. Now, back to the action. Um, today, I am joined by, if you can't tell, uh, Hello. let's go... Vinsky. <laughs> How's it going, Lesko Vinsky? How's it going, Carmen Lesko Vinsky, a current apprentice at Michael Hagedorn's Bonsai Garden in Portland? How's it going? Pretty good. How pretty are good, you? Pretty good. How's it going, Lesko Vinsky? <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about uh, forest plantings. We're going to do some like light stuff on like what makes them what they are because it's a really it's it's complicated, but it's not. Forest plantings are very nuanced depending on what you're using, like what, what species you're using, what you're trying to per portray with the, the whole setting, the landscape, the scene. Uh, we're going to do a critique on a, a listener request. Uh, this is actually like a combo episode. It's like they wanted us to talk about forest plantings, but also critique their forest. So I thought this was a great little tie in for that. And then um, I figured we kind of talk about the season. We do a little another seasonal check-in kind of thing, just to talk about Midsummer, um, not the movie. The movie was terrifying, but talk about I like the time of the it. year. <laughs> I don't, I don't do horror. Mm. Oh, I mean, I recommend it if you like, if you like really pretty movies. It's it's a gorgeously shot movie, but it's got some really big shock factors in it. Um, mm. But yeah, anyway, Midsummer, like as in like the middle of summer care, because we. Didn't really do a, like a seasonal checkup on like approaching summer. So I think we're in this kind of buffer zone where Portland, you you mentioned earlier when we were just starting to get on uh, that you said it's it's significantly boiling outside right now. Well, the last couple of days have been cooler, but yeah, it's been hot for me, but anything over 75 is hot for me. It's so, <laughs> but it's been, yeah, it's been hot enough outside that the studio is 10 or 15 degrees warmer and oh, so. Oh, and y'all don't have a lot of good airflow in there. The only thing you no. can do is open the window. Trying to get a ceiling fan installed, but mm. see if I can do that before it bumps up to 95 next week. Ugh. Things are a little bit different in the middle of summer for bonsai too. Um, I know preparing for the the the, the summertime, but we're going to talk about how to how to approach it. I know uh, there's a couple of things we could do with shade netting or watering techniques to change things up. But before we get too far into all the things that we are kind of beating around the bush to getting to <laughs> beating around the bush, yeah. like yeah, that's a little pun there. Um, before we get started, I do need to mention that our podcast is sponsored by our amazing patrons over on patreon.com forward slash little things for bonsai people. You could become a bonsai best bud. Um, that's going to be our top tier and our only tier right above $1, but $5 uh, paid patrons. Uh, we list them off every episode because they're amazing. Uh, they're good and awesome but best buds and they can be found in our discord hanging out and talking bonsai all day starting off with Tori solis warehouse rat boyd snellgrove ricky ruins joshua bentley snappy chappers 
Ryan Giordano, Joel Jenkins, Justin Knight, Backyard Bonsai Australia, Greenwich Gardens. I think uh, that was formerly the um, Ladies of the Flower Market. I think they changed their name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor Peacock, Chase Petweet, Vicky Off, Austin Atkins, Corin Coswell, Corin, oh man, Karen Coswell, and a brand new um, Bonsai Best Bud. At first, I thought this was this person's name, but I realized uh, we were talking before. Uh, we started recording that this is actually a reference to the garden. It's uh, in Ryu in. Uh, thank you for becoming a bonsai best bud. I was told that this is actually look at my emails. Um, Rebecca, the horticulturalist, apparently. Um, I don't know if the horticulturalist is your last name. Uh, nice to meet you, Mrs. Horticulturalist. But um, this is <laughs> I want that to be my last name, Carmen, the horticulturist. <laughs> Middle name the. Um, yeah, Carmen is... T. Horticulturalist. Yeah. So uh, welcome to the Boneside Best Bud Group, and welcome. I. I don't know if I sent out the Discord link to you. I think I might have. I don't know, but I will go back and check, and I will do another random drop. Sorry, I was drinking my milk. Um, I don't have to go in and do another drop into uh, the group for the patrons and uh, get everybody the Discord link just in case they never got in or they were start, they're trying to catch up. But uh, yeah, we've been over there talking about the cutting challenge. I've been seeing a lot of really awesome material taken for cuttings. Uh, a lot of people are getting ballsy and taking more air layer cuttings off of things, like doing air layers on big branches of trees and stuff. Everybody's getting uh, pretty fired up, and I like to see that. Um, and then... It's just encouraging me to take more cuttings and take uh, really cool air layers as well. So I just haven't posted any my in my cuttings of my air layers yet because they haven't been 100% takes. I do promise, though, that I have... Oh, I did wire up my um, Primna Japonicas. Those, those I actually wired really, mine up, too. There you well, go. Well, not my cuttings, because but I the ones you sent me last year, I wired those up and pruned them back a little bit and took cuttings from them. And I have, like, two other trays of cuttings of maples and azaleas and... Um, more cuttings than I than I need. So Anticipate. and some Trojan by root cuttings and oh, yeah. I can't I just can't stop. Do you mind if we share that Chochabai? Is that was that yours to share that picture? Which one? The one you sent me a picture the other day. Oh no, it's not mine, but we oh, might okay. be able to share it. I'll I'll ask and see see if we can okay. put it out there. It's gonna be we've got yeah, Crategus has a, a wait list for Choju by sales. So if you want on the wait list, you can all email Michael Hagedorn. Um, yeah, the Choju by out there are amazing. He's We've been having, every time we work on one, I'm like, oh, I love this one. This one's so cool. This one's my favorite. And then like the next one comes up <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I love this one. This one's so cool. This one's my favorite. Like every Choju by that comes through, I'm like, oh, wow. That's really, really special. It's really funny. Me, me and every tree that I encounter ever. Like, yeah, pretty, pretty much. If I do any kind of work to it, I'm like, man, I think I love this tree. Yeah, this is my favorite tree. <laughs> I've never, I've never worked on anything quite like this before. Uh, and you probably haven't, but I mean, um, yeah. so, but yeah, uh, thank you, best buds for that. Uh, like I was mentioning about the cuttings, that's the cutting challenge. We, uh, we challenged our, our patrons to go in and start cuttings from their favorite trees, from their favorite species and get them to strike. Uh, so that it can get good roots and then we're going to wire them and then we're going to share pictures of them as they develop. And then we'll do like a little, not like a competition, but like a little show off of our patrons uh, process as they go through. So I want to see some really good progress photos. I've been seeing some really great ones. Uh, so we'll we'll get a little compilation of of cool projects and stuff and share them to the uh, the Instagram, which 
you can go check out little things for bonsai people the instagram account uh has you know it's kind of <laughs> like a it's like a weird mod mod podge of like my stuff and the instagram stuff i mean of the uh of the, the podcast show stuff so just bear in mind that if you see pictures of dogs they're they're my dogs i'm just you know hanging out but uh anyway uh also before we get too far i wanted to mention i don't want to fail to mention ever that our show is edited by matt o'donnell um i'm so glad i can say his name i uh, just really way. still want you to call him matt o'donnell uh matt o'donnell uh, the bass player and music producer in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have a podcast out there, you want him to help you edit or work on, or if you are a musician, musician, not a magician, if you are a musician <laughs> and you would like some audio engineering and really get your project off the ground, go over to mattodonnell.com. That's D-O-N-N-E-L-L.com, mattodonnell.com. Oh, there's an O in the front of that. O D O N N E L L dot com. And you can go fill out a contact form and go to his Instagram. Same, same name, Matt O'Donnell. He's he's actually got some cool content. If you go in there, um, you know, Matt's probably over there like just like cringing in his seat as he like has to edit this episode. He's like, oh, he's like, he's like just like loud capping the crap out of me right now. But you go over to Matt's Instagram. He's got like a couple of um of like review and um and re like re like uh introspective kind of videos where he talks about bass lines and developing music and stuff it's really cool stuff uh so go over there and check out his instagram he's a really cool dude um but anyway let's talk about forest plantings are you ready i'm ready awesome. i was born ready you were born ready uh, to, to talk about forest plantings right i love a forest like planting i mean we we got into bonsai because we love forests, right? I think that forests are probably one of the most relatable things because I'm thinking back at the the university collection where I would be kind of in like the studio space working on something and people would walk through the garden but not know that I was there because there was like a wall separating. But every time they got to the forest on the other side of the wall from me, every single time without fail, oh my God, it's like a tiny forest. And I would just be like in there giggling to myself and then they like come around the corner and see me and be a little bit embarrassed. But anyway, I, I always feel like people can relate to forests and they always seem to win people's choice awards because I think mm -hmm. that people can really, I mean, they can just relate to them so well. Everybody's been in a forest. Everybody loves, well, a lot of people love being in the woods or have fond memories of the woods. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think they, they kind of hit different. I they they do they really do hit different using mm -hmm. uh some newer slang there oh yeah i'm hip ourselves <laughs> it just hits differently you know uh yeah my dude um <laughs> uh, no oh did you um this is kind of off topic a little bit did you see the new futurama episode oh my god of course i did sweet it We're was up. really good i was really impressed i was like it felt kind of like the original ones and i was i was happy um i was there was a couple of moments where I was like, oh, don't go there. Wait, save it. And they were like, mm -hmm. all right, back to a, a Calculon uh, yeah. feature. And I'm like, oh, cool. I like him. So <laughs> if, if any of you guys don't know, um, the the host of the show, me, Carmen, and Mike were all huge nerds. So if anyone's out there, we were talking about this in the Discord. We were talking about being Pokemon fans and stuff earlier on, hey, too. Hey. Like, we were being totally transparent here, but I was totally hyped up for the Futurama episode. It just popped in my head for a second. I knew, I was like, wait, Carmen needs to know oh, yeah. if she doesn't. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We watched we, it right away. We can give our full review on the new season of Futurama once it drops on uh on the next episode if you can. Know. Yeah, yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll um we'll we're just... gonna have a Futurama episode. That would actually be kind of funny, but there's not enough really bonsai related things. Um, I've seen more bonsai in like Cowboy Bebop than I've seen mm-hmm. in um in uh Futurama as if we're gonna talk about animation. But anyway, back yeah, back to forests. Uh yeah, forest plantings, I think, are the most relevant um sidebar, uh most relevant thing to bonsai. Like I think if you're if you're somebody who's into bonsai and you don't like the forests or you're not related to them in some way, it's a, I would think it would be a little odd unless you're like in an urban environment and you like crave like nature and you really want more of that. Uh, that that's kind of like what the whole thing is based off of, you know, like uh, like the the old uh, legend that that one of the earliest uh, palaces in China had a courtyard where they recreated miniature scenes for the emperor so he can enjoy nature closer because mm-hmm. he was in this heavily populated you know area where where bringing the nature and the force closer to you brought you tranquility and it brought you uh sub- sublime um to sublime places and thoughts and um and yeah i think it would be really weird if somebody was really into bonsai and they just didn't have some connection to the forest like for me for instance I was born in well, I was I was born in England. Uh, Were so you really? Yes. Do you have dual uh, citizenship? I did for a little while. Uh, oh, I was born yeah. in England because my dad was in the military. So um, that's cool. It was, it was the Air Force. So I was an Air Force brat. Whatever. I was like two or three years old, and then we moved back to the states anyway. Did you have an accent? I like did. a little British accent. I didn't have like a baby Gugu Gaga accent. No, I it went away. If there mm. was any accent at all, uh, those things are probably like. Like I could probably unlock them if I hit my head hard enough, but I don't think they're there. I don't oh. think I actually can have like produce an accent that wouldn't like like offend anybody. So I'm not going <laughs> to do that. All right. Um. But yeah. So I was born over there, and then we moved over to uh to, to Mexico for a little while, and then we came to here into Louisiana, um, Southeast Louisiana. And if anyone's familiar with this part of the country, it's heavily wooded. There's, there, I mean, I have a friend from New Mexico. Ooh, pardon me, from New Mexico, uh, who came and visited us. And she was like, it's so claustrophobic here. Like she was, and she's comparing it to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, and I went and visited her in her hometown and and I could see the, the stark difference there. So like, you'd have to drive like up a little bit more elevation and kind of like get towards the, the Sandia mountains to really start getting some more foresty kind of feel. Mm-hmm. But Louisiana is so flat. We're so low. Uh, I mean, I can't even, I can look out my window and I can't even see a half mile away. I mean, there's so many trees here and I think Portland and Michigan are both very similar. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up on three acres, which I mean, isn't a ton of acreage, but it's something. And we had um, my dad, we had a field in the back. My dad planted a bunch of scotch pine. Um, and so we had like this pine forest back there. And then the front was like a deciduous forest and a swamp. And mm. so like, and then my grandparents lived next door on three acres and then our neighbors had another three acres and little kids. So like we had this like nine acre range to play in of all this woods and swamp and stuff. And, um, oh, yeah. Just so, more. I mean, I was outside in the woods all the time and I still find the woods to be like my favorite place to go. There's always something to look at and explore and, 
Um, yeah. And then now here in Portland, the, the vegetation is different. It's a lot more almost of a monoculture with the, the, um, Doug furs, but, um, there's, I mean, there's, there's tons of forest all around and, um, yeah, I've always lived really close to forests and spent a lot of time there and yeah. So big part of my life surprise. Now that I think about it, mm-hmm. a lot of woods in my life. Whenever you're young and you grow up in that type of environment, cause you said you had the the acres of land and, uh, mm-hmm. and I had an area where my mom lives. It was like, uh, 10 acres. I was, I grew oh, up on wow, that yeah. of just like pine wood forest. And, mm-hmm. and I can just imagine back whenever I was younger, like these worlds that I would create in my head. You know? Oh yeah. Same. And these forts that we would build <laughs> and, you know, just like, just stalk around in the woods like a bunch of weirdos, like a bunch of kids just like playing hide and seek or trying to climb trees. I mean, that catching so, frogs, jumping oh, yeah. in puddles, seeing, crossing creeks, seeing yep. snakes and getting spooked and stuff, and oh, yeah. you know all kinds of cool stuff. Um, just and so when you when we do forest plantings in bonsai, we can try to capture that playfulness and that imaginary feel to those things but there are a lot of there unfortunately there's there there are a couple of outlining rules not necessarily like hard and fast rules but there are guide Mm -hmm. like kind of guidelines that are basically kind of just rules that kind of helps you yeah not just have a bunch of sticks in a pot you know what i mean right yeah so um but yeah for for what what it is it's it's one of the reasons why i had gotten into bonsai was to Mm -hmm. make forest plantings where I'm at, like, I wanted to see bald cypresses in a forest planting. Mm. And because I'd seen that a few times, I went to Guy Guidry's uh, garden that he had over here in Covington, Louisiana. And he had a couple of forest plantings. He had, like, um, bald cypresses, of course. He had trident maples, cedar elms, um, winged elm forests, stuff like that. And then he would have, he has he had a couple of the uh, the fumia junipers, like the, the ones that they the same species you see in Goshen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, needle juniper. Yeah, the, the really nice kind of bluish needle juniper. With mm-hmm. a real, like, uh, I saw a, an article written by Michael the other day. Um, mm-hmm. He posted one of those. those. Those trees are so beautiful. And so you'd see trees like that, and I'm just like, I want that. But I, but you, you don't get you don't get the perspective of that. Some of the, most of the time, yeah. forests like that are, are enormous, and mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of time and a lot of materials. And to get that kind of thing together and get that kind of thing planted correctly where it's not going to fall over, to get it planted yeah. and maintained where it's going to thrive. I mean, there's so many things. But um, before I start rambling on too much, uh, what do you what is your first impressions of a forest planting when you look at one? Like, what are you looking for? What am I looking for? Um, I want it to feel believable and... I think there's there's a couple um, ways to do that, and probably the the most important one is to not have everything evenly spaced. Um, and then the other things I'm looking for are oh I don't know mostly I just want it to be believable and pretty. I'm trying to think what are the things that make it those those what what characteristics bring that about um 
Um, so like, do you want me to go into technical stuff or are we just, we're going to go into the technical stuff, but like when I think of forest planting, also thinking of like species selection, that's pretty, Oh yeah. That's really important because if you have something with really big leaves, it's not going to read as, as nicely as something with tiny leaves. Um, yeah, you want movement, you want different shapes, you want, um, I, I really like when they're kind of mounded or slightly, you know, there's a couple, there's a little bit of undulation almost in the, the, uh, um, soil line. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So like, for instance, I think of when I think of species, I think of, uh, junipers are suited for, for, uh, certain mm-hmm. forest plantings, like your classic, uh, like the Goshen kind of mm-hmm. look that's really cool but mm-hmm. we can't put something like a bunch of junipers with like twisted dead wood and pronounced features like that and huge trunks and that just doesn't that won't yeah that really doesn't... make any sense yeah um we can't do anything weird like vining like uh, unless you're really like a wizard with with forest plantings you can make something like wisteria work or something hmm. um I've but, never seen that but now i want to try something viney yeah exactly so what's what's out of range for a forest planting? Like what is unacceptable? Like, I mean, like bigger leaves, yes. A bigger leaf plant, or you could just make a really big forest planting. I've also seen people mm-hmm. do that. I mean, also um, with the big leaf stuff. I mean, traditionally in Japan, deciduous trees are shown in the winter time, so they wouldn't have leaves. So technically, that doesn't really matter. But a lot of times here in the states, we like to show things, you know, even when they're in leaf. So. Um, and then also considering if you have like a young beach forest, your leaves are going to be bigger than, you know, in 20 years when it's a mature thing. But yeah, like something like a horse chestnut probably wouldn't work because those leaves are just giant. Oh, a horse chestnut tree? A horse chestnut. Can you imagine a horse yeah, chestnut like, forest? And, and that leaf as long as your arm? Uh, They can. Or a yeah. sycamore. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, definitely oh like God. a sycamore. You could wear that as like a hat. You could like yeah. tie that around your head and like put a rubber band on and it would, it would like give you shade during the day. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, you can use all kinds of stuff. Like uh, mm-hmm. my favorite ones are trident maple forests mm-hmm. are really great, really easy to conceptualize mm-hmm. um, when you're building them. Cause they, they have that tendency to grow fast, straight, tall, and then mm-hmm. you can cut them back really nice and easy. And they have um, they create those weird kind of bulges along their trunks that give you that, you know, as they grow, because they have so many little, um, they just, they grow so fast and they have so many buds and stuff. They just kind of grow bulgy. L- lumpy. Yeah. Lumpy. Like I was, there you go. Yeah. I was looking at some, uh, yeah, lumpy. That's yeah, the word. Lumpy. That's what I'm <laughs> talking about. That's another, that's the, that's going to be the bonsai word of the week. Probably. I want a lumpy uh, forest. No, no spoils. Uh, no lumpy. Uh, <laughs> oh God. Um, so I was looking at trident maples today with, uh, some people and they were ground growing them like field growing them with me at the nursery. We have like several hundred of them and they picked out a fun, uh, a couple of them that were fun to work on. We chopped them down short and we regrew, regrew the tops on them and Time and time again, I get this question about trident maples. They're like, isn't this reverse taper? And I'm like, well, is it? I mean, <laughs> I mean, really it is, but that's what they do. You know, like it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of hard to explain with a trident maple. It's that, that undulation, like that weird lumpy. And then like, it looks mm-hmm. like muscling, but it's not, it's just how they grow. 
Um, yeah. It's kind of reminiscent of like a um, Brazilian rain tree where it's just, mm-hmm. it just cuts loose and just does the weirdest like trunk line. It makes bulges and twists and turns. But I mean, like, yeah, like so things that have interest to them, like elm trees, maples, uh, cypress, doesn't have to be bald cypress to be anything. Horn beams are great. Um, hackberries, mm-hmm. I've seen um sweet plums uh, that's like a paging very common uh paging planting tree mm-hmm. um junipers uh spruce oh spruce is nice especially a nice azo spruce forest oh yep. love it larch you can do hemlock hemlock oh dude yeah well you want to mm-hmm. see some great uh but they're a lot more like connected root plants. yeah they're more like clumps or wraps almost yeah yeah at michael's it. garden they have the yeah. big connected root uh rafts mm-hmm. But they are very force like forest planting. Aspects. Yeah, it feels like a forest. Yeah, so uh, those are great inspirations. But yeah, I think one of the things that we had to break down is like I was saying, like the guidelines. They're kind of like rules, but they mm-hmm. help. They really help mm-hmm. you key you key in how to build a forest. It's kind of like when you start with your bone sign, you're building your bone sign. Mm-hmm. Number one, nabari. You have to have a nabari on it. Number two. You need a good takagar. You need something that that shows us where the trunk line and which direction is heading in. Number number three, you need like a good first branch. So that's going to tell you the movement of the tree overall, or the first branch is going to tell you what the rest of the tree, like its character or, or its expression, its gesture, whatever you want to say. It's it's feminine, masculine features. And then four, you want like the silhouette of the tree and the overall proportions and everything. Like how big is this tree feel? And so forest plantings are very similar. They they have the same kind of guidelines, but forest plantings have very particular guidelines. So you said earlier, Carmen, like different spacing. And that's yes. that's on my like, I give like a little lecture every once in a while whenever I do like a forest planting class at the nursery or, mm-hmm. or a workshop, um, that spacing is like one of the most important um, aspects of a good forest planting. Mm-hmm. Now, there's there's a couple of the other the other guidelines that like can be kind of flexible and played around with, but none of your trees, if you take like a measuring stick or something or whatever, use spacing with your fingers. It doesn't have to be exact, mm-hmm. but there should not be a noticeable different distance between each tree that looks the same in any part of the whole entire forest. Mm-hmm. So it could be really tricky to do. Yeah, it's like. Um, I'm trying to think like there's these puzzles where like you can only arrange things certain ways for it to actually work. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like, have you ever played that game where it's like, um, in, in this version of the game is what I'm familiar with. So it might sound a little weird, but it's these cars and it's called traffic jam. And no. you put these cards on a grid and you move them and they can only move so many directions. And you have this one car is your car and you're trying to get it from one end of the lot to the other. Ooh. And so, you, and you move the car, the other cars in the, in the, parking lot or the traffic jam to get the other car to travel through it and it's an intricate puzzle where you're like i have to move this one here then this one moves three spaces down and this one can move two spaces now to the side and uh, it's kind of like that it's like a little intricate that puzzle game. that sounds really fun it's it's a really rudimentary game you probably find like a like a flash uh, nice. uh of it online somewhere but anyway yeah go go play uh traffic jam or go get in a traffic jam it's it's hilariously fun um <laughs> But no, all your spacing should be different, no mm-hmm. matter what. Um, and this is where it gets fun, though, is because I've had forest plantings where I've had trees that are like right up on each other, like not even a millimeter away from. They're, they're basically touching, right? And sometimes they fuse and become 
they're yeah. a little clump, especially with maples. Oh yeah, especially with Japanese and tridents. Um, mm -hmm. they'll fuse together and make a root base together. Uh, oh, but yeah. then then you need a tree that is like the farthest away. Mm -hmm. And don't make it so far away it's silly looking, but like farther than you feel like is like right at the end of the comfort zone for that tree. That's kind of mm -hmm. how you kind of can look at the spacings like, okay, what's the scale of my forest? How far away? It's like, I have a little tree here. I'm not going to put it three feet away. That's going to feel absolutely ridiculous. But like six inches away mm -hmm. is, a, is a decent distance. So it's number one is spacing. Number two is going to be heights of each tree. Mm -hmm. um, the height of each tree should be different. Have you, and I'm sure you've seen this as well, but there's yeah. a lot of play oh, yeah. in, this is one of the play rules. Like you don't have to have every tree a different height. It doesn't have to look like, like AT&T bars of service of trees, you know, like mm -hmm. there, ha but there has to be different heights and different trees. And yeah. then another thing is that there needs to be different thicknesses in the trunks. Mm -hmm. and, and so where this becomes complicated is different space different heights, different trunk girths. Where it gets complicated is whenever you start adding more and more and more trees. Yeah. And generally the height relates to trunk girth. So usually in a forest planting, you have like three main trees, right? You have your, your one main tree and then kind of two other trees that are like second and third. And then you have however other, however many others kind of in the mix. And generally your tallest tree is also going to be like your thickest, most developed tree. And like your secondary tree will be the second thickest third tree will be third thicket, you know, and then like mm -hmm. all your other trees based on their heights and like that. So if you have tall trees, usually they're a little bit thicker than your short trees, which tend, to, which are representing younger trees. So they're going to be thinner. So it does start to get really complex at that point. And it really gets wacky when, you know, your one of your background trees becomes thicker than your main tree. And you're like, now what? And anyway, mm -hmm. but those are problems for down the line. Yeah. That's for, particular types of forest planting because there's so many different more types mm -hmm. of forest plantings like you have so many different bonsai forms and shapes and we've talked about all those different uh things for some of the previous episodes where it's like yeah what is an informal upright what is a club style what is a mm -hmm. you know uh a literati and yada yada and now we're talking about something that becomes even more complex within itself uh yeah. depending on what you're trying to achieve with type of forest so there's different types of forest so it's the same way that I describe to people, um, and I and I I want to get like a count of the number of times I say bald cypress. I, I mean, <laughs> like, and when we like have a show recap, like I don't know if it's possible, but just like the, how many times I say those words. But whenever I'm trying to describe flat top bald cypresses to people, that design, um, the best way I could describe it is that it's either a close up bonsai or it's a far away bonsai. Mm -hmm. Flat top bald cypresses tend to be a, a far away bonsai perspective. So yes. meaning that the tree is taller and skinnier and has mm -hmm. less detailed features about it. Right. So that's kind of what you have to look at with your forest. Your forest can have big fat trees in it, but mm -hmm. all those trees have to have to have very similar character yeah. um, in order for it to, 
to feel believable. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then we're talk about numbers of trees. So what do you think is an appropriate number? What is the least amount of trees you can have in a forest? Do you think? I would say five probably because five, three, three still kind of reads as a clump to me, Okay, you know? So, um, five could be clumpy, but that kind of starts to get you into a forest. Um, and then upwards of that until however many five to one zillion five to, to, to one zillion and yeah. then like infinite trees uh infinite trees yeah, yeah five you have like to a, infinite you have five like a um, black hole on one side and you just can keep going keep uh, but no the um the number my number is like actually three and it teeters mm-hmm. on like three plus another like some mm-hmm. kind of accenting kind of type tree yeah and, and when I say accenting tree, there's a couple of different circumstances for that. Um, three strong trees, and then one tree that kind of sets the stage for something else, like maybe even mm-hmm. a different species sometimes in some cases that works out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very difficult to pull off uh, like like multiple species plantings. Don't yeah. If you're going to build a forest planting, my, my recommendation for beginners is don't go straight for like mixed species plantings. Those are yeah, that's really way tricky. more complicated. Uh, but yeah, five is actually a good start and five is kind of like st- sets this golden standard for, for forest plantings because, um, usually this is kind of how I see it. Uh, where does a forest, a group planting, which would be two or three convert mm-hmm. over to a forest and it's usually around five. Yeah. Somewhere uh, around there. And then when you're planting your, your forest planting, when you're arranging your trees, they shouldn't be linear. They shouldn't be boxed in. They shouldn't be in a circle or anything weird. Mm-hmm. Usually I approach it where there's miniature forests that link together into a bigger forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you like almost have multiple clumps of like three or five or seven within. Within your, the, the whole group. Within the whole forest. Yeah. Um, are odd numbers or even numbers, are even numbers a no-no in your opinion, Carmen? It's hard to do even numbers well. Yeah, without... and I think I think um, in Japan that four is an unlucky number, which is why they tend to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen four done well, um, but it's not common. I think it's generally easier to do odd numbers. But if you're up, if you're upwards of like ten trees. I don't know that you're going to be able to tell that there's like 15 trees or 16 trees, you know, like at that point, I don't know how much it matters, but with fewer trees, I generally aim for, um, odd numbers just because it's a little bit easier to get that asymmetry. Yeah. Because the less trees in your forest, the more obvious the number and the spacing and the heights. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've seen forests go up to oh, like near a hundred, which oh, wow. is yeah. insane. But those are that's a different type of forest planting. It's like a like a a sapling forest kind of feel, mm-hmm. like really yeah. young, fast vegetation style. Mm-hmm. But I think some of the bigger, nicer. I think the happy medium is anywhere between five is a great like number for trees that if you're trying to do something simple and you're trying to really show off the characteristics of these really particular 
things in a in a forest. Like mm-hmm. say you are doing the tridents and you're doing trident maples and they have that lumpy thing, but then about a three quarters up the way of the tree, they do like this crook, like suddenly mm-hmm. in the top, this really pronounced, like beautiful old looking crook to it. And then the rest of the other trees kind of follow suit, but don't mimic it exactly. Yeah. So those smaller groups are good for that. Mm-hmm. But when you're going to density, you usually get up into like uh, closer to like 15 to 17 mm-hmm. or so uh, 20s and 30s get really, really challenging. But those yeah. high density forests are really impressive, but they're very difficult to pull off when you get up into those levels because mm-hmm. each individual tree becomes less important as the group becomes mm-hmm. more important. Um, and, and this is th- something that I heard in the past. I don't know. Uh, if this is true or not, but this was a Japanese uh, guideline for forest plantings is that you should never use even numbers. You should always use odd and you should only use numbers that are indivisible. Oh, so prime. So prime numbers. Yep. Hmm. Uh, that's that's something I heard. I don't know if that's necessarily like by the book, but it's a good I think it's a good rule. Um, yeah, because forest plantings like it's the whole philosophy is like forest planting is only as strong as the whole because the whole entire group is only divisible by itself, you know, like yeah. that whole, that's really philosophical and really cool. But I, I think because the numbers are so much more important in mm-hmm. Japanese bonsai too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I like that. Um, I do too. It's, it's, cha- it's still challenging. And, um, and I mean, we're, and we're not even, we're just scratching the surface here of forest plantings too, because there could be forest planting on a flat plane, which is usually mm-hmm. the most typical one you see. Or you see hills. I've seen some good, like really nice hill planting, forest plantings. Mm-hmm. Um, rock, like miscellaneous rock type forest plantings. There's one at the Pacific Bonsai Museum that's like, I think, I don't know if you remember this one, but it's like these junipers on these like mm-hmm. rock mm-hmm. pieces that are just, ran- it feels like they're randomly arranged. Yeah. But the forest just like, feels like it's pouring over the rocks. And, yeah, that's and it's nice. Just, it's just a beautiful forest. And they all kind of have like this windswept look to them. Um, so it's very challenging. And then like forests themselves have, I just said windswept, they have their own distinct styles within, like you could have a windswept forest or you could have a formal upright, like every tree is very straight forest style. Mm -hmm. Um, you can have a open canopy kind of wild kind of feeling deciduous forest. That's very Mm -hmm. different from your pine tree forest. Um, and everything in between, like informals and zigzag and all kinds of like, there's can't really make it like a literati force, but I've seen borderline Beijing style kind of literati esque failing force though, too. Yeah, I feel almost like if you have like a rock planting and you're doing multiple trees like hanging off a cliff, you know, kind of that style, maybe you could do yeah, cascading a little bit. I've cascade, seen some yeah. semi cascade feeling. But you're yeah. not going to like pull off like a cascade forest. Could you imagine like. That'd be so funny. I want to try it. <laughs> every every tree is like below the soil line. That would be insane. Uh, would you even, I don't know. I'm going to make it work. Yeah. That would be really weird. Like That's the, my the new project. I got to start some juniper cuttings. The planning's just like flat on the table. And there's a few rocks to kind of give you that because like mm-hmm. that, that's not undoable. You would have to be I really creative them. about it though. Yeah. I'm going to try it. I'm going to yeah. try it. It's it sounds fun. I know. So, uh, anyway, I was just going to say that um, Michael Hagedorn has a really interesting post. Uh, if you go to his blog, it's um, 
crategus.com slash blog. And then if you search for, um, I think it's the coin toss exercise, and this is a way to get um, randomness within your forest planting. So essentially what he's talking about is taking like a handful of coins or buttons or whatever and Mm. tossing them out onto the table or floor or whatever. And the random arrangement, however those land, you can take a photo of it or whatever. And that can be a guideline for where you put your trunks, right? So it's each button or coin is a trunk. And so you can delete from that if you don't like it, but that gives you more random spacing. Um, so that's, that's an interesting way to, to create a forest. The other way I've seen that's kind of interesting is if you just take a handful of like maple seeds and throw them in a pot and let them all germinate and then keep what you like and pull what you don't like and kind of develop it all in place just, you know, as they've landed there. Yeah. Like a true randomization. Cause, yeah. uh, because when you try to make things random, I don't know if you've tried to make things random, but it's oh, really yeah. hard to make something <laughs> random because our brains don't work that way. We work in yeah, formulated numbers and I mean, yeah. we're taught in school to think in equations and make things add up properly. We don't yeah, think in fractions be, and randomness like that. We need to be organized. We don't think in coin toss. Yeah. Like literal randomness. That's a, that's a really good exercise. I'll have to do that yeah. next time trying to come up with something creative for force planning like that. Cause I mean, just take a handful of cuttings and just throw them into <laughs> Yeah. Like thro- try to like dart, throw them see, into like, a pot and see if they stick. Like stand across the room and just toss them right into the pot. If you, if you could throw like cuttings into a pot, like darts and get them to stick. Yeah. And then you're able to make a force planting out of that. Amazing. I would love to see that. That would be amazing. I, yeah. Any of the patrons out there that do that, please share. Get a dart board and yeah. then attach your cuttings to the darts. Oh, and like wow. Throw them and then the dart board becomes the pot on a wall and then they all grow phototropically towards the light. And yeah. No, me, uh, all right. Now we're getting, the, is this pop bones I know? Or? No, no. We, we do bonsai gone? professionally. Can you tell? Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, sometimes we just kind of think outside the box and if it, that's what it takes. That'd be but, fun. Uh, yeah, that would be really interesting. Uh, yeah, pop, we still need to go into pop bonesaw. You told me you need a little bit more time on that one, but it's, we'll see. It's a complicated subject. It does sound see, like it. Yeah, and see like that, I don't know. Is that kitschy? Is it, but is it good kitschy or is it bad kitschy? Uh, I'd say it's good kitschy. I'm going to look for a dartboard at Goodwill. <laughs> I didn't say not to do it. It's not. Oh, like, I know. I, like you were I, like. <laughs> You're like, t- tell me not to, and I will. <laughs> yeah, come on, tell me not to do it. Somebody, tell me to stop. <laughs> it's the, tell her that tell her that it's not good. This is you're not doing the right thing. No, it's yep. I, that makes me I, do things. Just think about, just think about it. I don't know about the dartboard thing. I, we're still talking about forest plantings, by the way. But <laughs> sorry, back to forests. <laughs> but no, no, that that's a, that's a really awesome way to do it. Leave it up to Michael to always come up with some really cool stuff. Uh, yeah. to really think about things put literally put things on their head in the, some instances um mm-hmm. so but yeah the the spacing the distances the trunk height the trunk di- like calibers and the heights everything should be different um the numbers are really important the species are really important the characters of all the trees and so how do you go about getting the materials together for a forest planting i get this question every once in a while when i'm at the nursery a bonsai nursery is a great place to go get materials for a forest planting because if your guy that's doing 
bonsai work and has lots of trees, generally there will be a lot of cuttings or seedlings or just more developed trees that might be like back lot or back burner style trees where they're just, uh, they, they know that those trees could be good forest planting trees. So they're not like chopped down really hard. They're left kind of skinny and tall on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but another way to do it is just take a bunch of cuttings. Mm-hmm. I mean, we always come back to this, like, this, I like, I feel like I'm just saying this on repeat. Like maybe Matt can just edit it in. Like every time I like Carmen's like, how's it going? I'm like, take a bunch of cuttings off your trees. And you're like, oh, that's great. So what's today's topic? Take a bunch of cuttings. So like, <laughs> it's just like, I can't say that enough because if you take cuttings and then grow them out and let's say on mistake, you let some grow out real straight and tall and you got like mm-hmm. 20 of them, boom, there's your forest planting material. Yeah. Play around with that. Um, it might yeah. not be perfect, might not be ideal because you still need a number one and a number two tree, which is kind of your first branch, your second branch of your mm-hmm. forest planting. So those might be the more difficult elements to locate. If you find mm-hmm. one tree that you really like and you want to build around that tree, that's that's tough to do, but it's not um, impossible, especially if you have a lot of stock around you that's similar. Um, mm-hmm. So... I think yeah, one of the- a lot of those trees right. that that can't stand alone as bonsai make really good trees for a forest because you know they're kind of one sided or they're you know they don't have branches as low as you want them or whatever. But yeah, instead of just throwing them away, put them all together so that they can fix each other's flaws. Kind of like uh, I've literally seen somebody. Um, else that was in bones i say what are you going to do with a bunch of ugly trees stick them all together and it's like yeah you you fix the issue but the same time it still has to work but oh yeah it still has to work yeah and and what i was going to say a second ago was like one of the um one of the the mistakes that a beginner can make by making a forest planning is is going in and choosing a bunch of trees that they just think will work like a bunch of trees that are the same size, same height, and just stick them in the pot together and then go, this is it. This is how, this is how it's going to work. You know, like I'm just going to trim these and then it's going to be my little forest. It's going to look good. And then it's going to look not right for a very long time until Mm -hmm. the basic guidelines of different distances, heights, trunk diameters are more understood in that forest planting. And those things can happen. You can like we were suggesting earlier, stick seedlings in there at, and like let them grow at random and cut out the ones you don't like and grow the ones you do like. Mm-hmm. Just keep in mind you have to grow a handful of them out to get different sizes, wire some of them right. out to get different movements. Right. So it's... it's you still have to work. You still have to work each tree, you know, individually to create this thing. You can't just, you know, grow a bunch of seedlings and hedge prune it. Mm-hmm. But um but and, yeah, it can it can give you the randomness at least the the different distances between trunks. Yeah. Um, and earlier, I had a little bit of a technical issue, and it kind of ran me and Carmen's time together in a weird time. So we're gonna actually uh, wrap this up with the bonsai word of the day for this episode. Do you want to do the critique? Um. Yeah, we could do the critique instead of doing the bonsai of the work. I'll just drop it. Okay. Well, we already had our word of the week is lumpy. So, is it lumpy? <laughs> I, I, we're going to do the bone. We're going to do the forest planting uh, critique. This is uh, what I got from. I got an email about this uh, forest planting to give some context. 
Um, so one second, let me pull up the email, go down here. There we go. From uh, Jason. I'm assuming it's one of our bonsai best buds because yeah, that's uh, uh, Backyard Bonsai Australia. Yep. Sorry if I don't know y'all's official names. I see handle names all day long. Um, points of note he, he put on here for me. Uh, this is a raft. It's at the stage where it looks like a forest until closely inspected. It's originally a style set up circa 1975. So it was styled in 1975, put together apparently. Uh, tray size is roughly about uh, 40 to 50 centimeters. And in American, that's six, 16 to 20 inches. Um, to, uh, total height, about the same. Photo shows, 2,393 shows. Oh, it shows like that's the specified number of this of the actual picture it shows the original um tree leading to the raft made uh last major touch-up was in 2000 by visiting bonsai artist professional um that came to the australian bonsai club based in uh sydney australia uh, original the the owner is rick rogers founder of your uh Uruin, which is the patriot the bonsai best bud that i named earlier that was new to this list today on this on this episode. Um, an open bonsai garden. We are aiming to open central coast of New South Wales, New South Wales, Australia. Um, and then he says, "Oh, the original art artist that set it up with Rick was was uh, the initial design was by John Naka." That's enough info. That's what he has at the end here. He's like, "Okay, that's enough." He's like, "I'm done." <laughs> but yeah um so we have an old juniper forest that is actually a raft a connected raft forest um this is going to be posted on our instagram a little things for bonsai people um it's going to say episode 40 is linked up to it so you guys can go over there and look at it there um right off the bat i'm seeing the number one is not dead center but the way that it moves straight the dead center of the pot it's a little a little too dead center and i see trunks that waver in or in or out toward each other but away from each other we have some uh some we have if i'm if i'm seeing this right it looks like there's two trees moving towards the front that like are almost identical in the way that they move like they like both kind of move forward and then up slightly and then lean forward so it's got a lot going on. See, one, two, mm -hmm. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I feel like the number two trunk is kind of in the middle of the pot and going backwards. Um, it's hard to tell. Hold on, let me is, go to the it is a little bit hard to tell. Images. But it is. I, I feel like those two main trunks are kind of battling going back and forth and maybe it's just the angle that i'm looking at the tree from mm -hmm. um but it's so also the picture is like a 2d perspective too so what yeah, we're seeing in flat plane yeah but overall i i do like um the nabari on this i think it's interesting how it's all i mean you said it's a raft i think it's really interesting how everything's kind of intertwined um the whole silhouette looks like it has good balance. Uh, mm. There's a very clear flow to the tree. Um, 
So, I mean, overall, I think it's a, it's a nice little forest. Now I'm assuming that they will clean up the, the pads on this tree. Yeah. It could use a little bit of wiring and, and cleaning up. Yeah. Um, this looks it. like Kishu. Is it Kishu? It well, looks it's... like Kishu. Well, Chinese juniper can look kind of like Kishu. Um, Is it Chinese but juniper? I don't, yeah, I think it says, oh. yeah, juniper chinensis. Oh, uh, okay. That makes more, yeah, that makes yeah. more sense. Okay. Yeah, but it could use a little wire and a little little cleanup there. Um, I see. I see a lot of floppiness in the mm -hmm. pads. There could be a lot more support there. I mean, junipers live with wire on them, so wouldn't hurt. It would be well, actually the wiring job would hurt. This thing would be one hell of a project. Mm -hmm. um, I want to do it. I'm like in a juniper mood right now. It's juniper season. <laughs> fly, uh, fly Carmen over to Australia. She'll take care of it for you. Yes, please. Um, just remember to <laughs> pay her fee. Um, <laughs> And but for my yeah, flight. it's a very yeah. expensive, expensive trip. <laughs> yeah, if this is for pu public garden space, they're saying this is this is a really nice uh, start to mm -hmm. to setting the the whole stage. I mean, this tree is like you said, like forest plantings. They usually draw a lot of of attention in in collections. Mm -hmm. um, I have a bald cypress forest at the nursery, and people always like they're looking around. They're like, and they go, "No way." a bunch of trees on one, like, um, in one thing together. I'm like, yeah, it's totally possible. So mm -hmm. make sure that this thing is real pretty. It's real wired out. All the pads are laid out. Um, because I think I, from my perspective, what I'm seeing, like there's some shots where like you can see up into the branch structure, which is lovely, mm -hmm. but from the 2d flat, that's, that's, that's going it. to be, yeah. Like, like that's actually one way to look at bonsai if you're trying to design a tree and you're trying to see like there's little things that are like you're like something's missing in this tree and you take a picture of it on your phone and it looks flat and you're like what happened mm -hmm. this tree looks so good to to me in person because you're seeing you're literally oscillating moving around this thing so mm -hmm. when you take a flat picture of it that can show you flaws and so uh one of the things i can see is there's a i can't see the breakup in the on the left side of the of the forest there's mm -hmm. all those branches kind of come together awkwardly i don't know which angles they're, they're dropping at if they're complementing each other or if they're pushing away carmen said that there was that one tree that kind of looks like it's battling with the first tree it goes like back towards it and kind of runs into it slightly mm -hmm. and it further emphasizes that branch that when you go up the tree there's a there's a branch that comes up and goes to the side as well mm -hmm. also going against that line yeah so you can use techniques like bracing like bamboo slap, mm -hmm. uh, uh, stilts to kind of put the trees like a uh, distance between them and like literally force them apart from each other. And it might take a long time for them to set because, I mean, these are junipers. It'll probably take years for that angle to actually stay, right? Um, it's not like a deciduous tree where you can just chop it and regrow. Um, It'll be faster than a spruce, that's for sure. Everything's faster than a spruce. Yeah. And that's what I mean by like these trees live with wire on them, so... Yeah. Having Junior a brace are in constantly there. wired and yeah, wired. Yeah, it I needs... would also maybe shorten stuff on the left side a little bit because if your flow is down to your right, the left side is a little bit too, yeah, mm -hmm. too long. Um, and then I, I like that there's John Naka in the history. That that's really interesting too. And um, it brings the provenance up. On yeah, it. for it sure. Kinda, it kind of lets me look at me and you 
Carmen had had a conversation about this when we were at the ABS show in Denver about mm -hmm. if it's an old tree and there's flaws and there's things that obviously need to be fixed, should should mm -hmm. we go about really going forward and pushing and fixing it if yeah. we're trying to represent an old style? I, see, and that's so hard because like if it was a tree done by a certain person, then you almost want to preserve, you know, what they did. Um, but at the same time, if you can improve it, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky question. It's a tricky question. Like this one, I, you know, I would not go as far as, you know, graft it. Like I wouldn't switch the foliage on this one, you know, mm -hmm. cause a lot of times you'll do that with the Chinensis, you'll switch it to Kishu or, you know, something like that to Agawa, but like this tree is mature it's old it's got a style this is something i would probably work within the bounds that are already there and make improvements that are would make it the best it can be as it is rather than trying to make it like a, mm -hmm. a the you know the winner of a national exhibition or something you know so my takeaway from this tree from this forest planting keep calling a tree whenever i look at forest plantings or rafts well, it's a raft, um, so technically it is one tree. It technically it's one tree. I get that. Carmen, don't get me started. No, um, no, the um so I'm looking at it as like one composition. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just say what I need to say about what I would change personally. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a couple of things like I just I just noticed that there's there's not just like there's that one tree that's going against the number one. There's actually mm -hmm. one, two, three trees around the base of that. Yeah, there are. Mm -hmm. And I didn't notice that till now. What I would like to be able to notice is I would like to be able to notice that more. If that's something that you're showing is that the way that those, those trunks waver in and out, and then you have these three trees that are like those, I actually really like what those are doing right there. Mm -hmm. Showcase that more. Get get some of those droopy branches up and kind of raised so you can see those trunk lines more pronounced. Mm -hmm. um, fix the, like Carmen had mentioned, uh, fix the, the weight of the left side because the flow is definitely going to the right from left to right. Mm -hmm. So I would probably bring some of those trunks upwards or maybe try to key that like key them in, like try to prune them in or wire them in. So it feels a little shorter on that side. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. And then my, my thing with the, the, the top where you see the top of the tree and it kind of goes back and then you get this big mess and slurry of branches if there was a little bit more cohesion there, like if those were laid in the pads and I can actually see lines in towards the top of the canopy, that would be really lovely. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I really, really like that kind of stands out as a cool, uh, cool kind of thing that this is kind of like something in art when you see like uh, when I did like art history, they talked about when when painters would make compositions, they would do something and then they would repeat it over and over because mm -hmm. it's something they liked. It kind of helped to tie the piece together. So they would do like a brush stroke or a movement. Um, and then you would see that recur over and over and over in the painting, just su subtly. There's this, there's this part of the canopy. This is, I'm going to post the picture on Instagram. It's the picture of the fall color kind of looking against the black backdrop. Mm -hmm. There's okay. So you have the canopy and you have this big thick piece that comes out. And then below that, there's a section where it breaks up and it looks like there's, there looks like there's pieces behind it. That's mm -hmm. really awesome looking. I like the way that looks. So if you can find a way to make more of the forest planting look like that, I think that would be great. Uh, that's the kind of breakup I'm talking about. Um, and then I would, th and then that kind of brings me to the crown. The crown I feel like could be flattened. 
I know it's we're going for this like pyramidal shape for the overall design of the of the forest, but I feel like the crown on the main tree is still too high. I feel like it needs to be it needs to come down. It needs to kind of mm -hmm. go blend in. Domed a little bit more. Yeah. It's, exactly. Dome it out and give it a nice cutaway style mm -hmm. uh crown, but I'm not talking about super rigid, like super Japanese, because this is this is speaking a little Beijing to me in a way. So yeah. keep it loose, keep it kind of open. Like I just I would like to see more air spaces in here. That's basically mm -hmm. what I'm saying too. So yeah, the Chinensis doesn't really get as thick as as the Shimpaku junipers do. So I think that trying to really make it look cloud-like, really fluffy cloud-like pads would be nice for this. I would also recommend maybe changing the pot um to something a little bit mm, maybe darker spicy. um uh something would be just a little bit more interesting um trying to think what i would recommend a rock slab would be really cool a slab would be really nice yeah, yeah that okay. would be really nice um yeah i don't i don't love the lip for this pot but maybe with this composition so maybe even just like an oval that doesn't have a lip something a little bit darker yeah. a little more grayish less orange i think um so i don't know i mean there's there's options and yeah that's kind of the weird thing was like we didn't get to talk about like pot selection or planning mm -hmm. styles of, of force and i feel like we should carry that over into the, into yeah. the next episode yeah, for that'll sure. be for next time because there's a lot of considerations because oh boy. With, with this juniper it's like, oh, it's unglazed and it's deeper because it needs drainage. It's a forest mm -hmm. planting. It's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So the aesthetics need to be approached a lot differently. So yeah. But um yeah, let's let's do the bonsai word of the week for a couple of moments and then uh right. we'll wrap it up. I chose one that um <laughs> I, it kind of ties into what we, we were saying earlier. Uh it's gonna be Kinji. Kinji. K what does that mean? E N G. A I Kenji. Kenji. What does it's it mean? A cascade style. Oh. Yeah. We can talk about Kenji in a later episode. Uh, I don't get to see a lot of cascade trees because I'm in Louisiana. But we'll talk about my cascade forest. There you go. That's that's why I was tying it in. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh we'll we'll get uh <laughs> Carmen to make a cascade forest and then we'll really deep dive into the Kenji yeah. uh, forest planting style. The uh, the apex of the tree <laughs> in cascade style should be either right on level with the rim for semi cascades for a true true full cascade though the the more than a like more than like half of the tree even if like almost 100 percent of the tree should be below the rim of the pot like the foliage mass so cascades are weird um they can yep. they can go extreme like i've seen cascades where they'll have a cascade pot that's like super deep like i'm talking like almost two feet tall and the yeah. and the the trunk is in it's like on a stand that's even taller and the actual foliage of the tree doesn't start until like past the stand oh wow yeah like, uh just some tropicals down here i've yeah. seen people do that with some ficuses and other types of trees uh bougainvillea very common where there's just the cascade is outrageously long but mm -hmm. it's more about the flow and maybe it even has some uh some uh exposed root elements i'm stumbling on the japanese terminology for the exposed root style right now even though that's like my thing apparently but can't remember it off the top of my head 
but anyway, so yeah, so you get a lot of exposed roots, or you get really grounded fat trees that have a semi cascade. I mean, there's a whole world of semi of semi two full cascade styles out there. Yeah, um, and any species is suitable for it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't yeah. let people tell you they they are not because if somebody if somebody hasn't made a cascade, I'm sorry, neighbor outside was doing something weird. Uh, <laughs> if the cascade style hasn't been done with the species you're imagining it in, then maybe you should do it. You know? Yeah. I mean, who says that that something weird can't happen and a and a bald cypress can't cascade down the side of a mountain? You don't know. That would be very strange. That would very be very odd. Uh, but why not? Yeah. They 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 cascade off of Riverside and down into the into the river into like into well, the ponds and lakes and swamps. So that is that cascade. So yeah, that's a cascade. Don't ever let anybody tell you that it's not possible with some species. But yeah. we'll have to do like a whole thing on those too. But anyway. Yep. So we're gonna we're gonna bring this on to the next episode to talk more about uh, container selection and a little bit more of a deep dive. And hopefully, I can get Mike to come in on the next one, and we can really get into forest planting more. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, uh, thanks for uh, tuning in with us today. Um, and if you guys listen this far into the show, remember to subscribe on your favorite favorite listening platform. If you can't become a patron or you can't. Um, you can't like share or anything or listen to all our episodes, backlog all of them. If you don't, I mean, that's a really good idea if you want to get some really sweet uh, earlier content, <laughs> but just make sure you subscribe. I mean, just pressing the subscribe button goes a really far away for us. Um, check out underhillboneside.com. Check out Purple Pot Society at purplepotsociety.org. Check out uh, the cartagus.com for Michael Hagedorn. Check out uh, ketsunebonesai.com uh, for Mike Lane. So, yeah, do all those things. Be sweet to us. Be nice to us. Uh, We work real hard on this show. We really appreciate it. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, thank you guys so much for y'all's listener support. Thanks for hanging out today. And uh, I'll talk to you on the next one, Carmen. Sounds good. I'll catch you on the flip-flop. On the flip-flop. I'm about to slip on my flip-flops and go back outside and start watering my trees and trimming my trees. (laughs) All right, Carmen. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.